Okay guys, so the story I have for you today is actually a really recent and still developing case. So this is a story where we really only know we really only know the details that the police have reported that we've gotten from news outlets, but it hasn't gone to trial yet. So this is one where if any new information comes out after the case goes to trial, um, I'll go ahead and do an update episode, but I'll just give you the information that we have for now. Uh, just as a reminder, you can find us on social media. You can find us on Instagram, on Twitter. We have our own website, mysterypodcast.com. Uh, we also have a pretty new Facebook discussion group since somebody requested that. It's not popping just yet, but maybe if we get some more people in there to start discussing, then we'll have more to talk about. So with that in mind, uh, let's get into our story. Yeah. So I'm going to start just by laying out the scene and the discovery of the body. So a mall maintenance worker is inspecting units in an empty food court. So in this food court, there's not a single open business at the Gwinnett Place Mall on December 21st of 2017. So... Like many malls in the United States, they're kind of a dying breed, right? Like, people don't really go to malls anymore. Yeah. And this is a mall that has suffered from that. So there are still some open businesses inside the mall, from what I understand, but but none in this food court were open at the time. That was actually, um, it's, shopping malls are interesting. Um, not actually interesting, but um, they were... Uh, really, malls have only been allowed to exist because they were a tax haven for a very long time, where basically you could like be a billion-dollar property developer um, and build, you know, a two-billion-dollar massive shopping mall or something like that, and then for all profits made renting stalls to people in your mall, you didn't have to pay taxes on basically two billion dollars worth of earnings basically until you recouped the cost of your building um Ah. yeah that was that was like that was tax law for a very very long time and i think the either the hw or the clinton administration repealed those tax laws (laughs) um and that was that was that killed a lot of property developers um like i think donald trump even like calls that tax law the stupid tax law to this day um because you know he was he was a property developer for a while um but basically if you built a big mall you could keep all the profits and never pay taxes on it for a very long time so okay that's why malls are failing so it was a very interesting we could probably cut that part out okay go ahead <laughs> okay so yes this this mall is is a failing mall so around 11 a.m this maintenance worker discovers that the side door to one of the units, an abandoned subway, is unlocked. So he goes in the door, and he sees that a back room door is open. So he climbs over the counter so he can go back into this back room. And it's here where he makes a really harrowing discovery. A woman's body has been decomposing back there, unnoticed until he came in. How long? Uh, we'll get to that. She's been there for a while. 
Uh, so the woman is wearing a, quote, black mesh style, unquote, jumpsuit, which doesn't really bring anything to mind for me, but it, like a jumpsuit of some kind. And her black tennis shoes were lying next to her feet. She appears to be between 20 and 30 years old, five feet tall and about 100 pounds. And she had been there so long that her fingers were mummified. Oh, my God. So long enough for mummification to start. I don't even know how long it takes, but that sounds like a really long time. We'll later find out that she likely had been there for a month. Oh, my God. So, unfortunately, CCTV was not working in the food court, so police are unable to get clues or evidence surrounding the death from security footage. So they're not able to see people, you know, entering the subway, leaving the subway. You know, they don't see this woman entering it and then not coming out, anything like that. Right. Um, and as a random note, random note, excuse me, oddly, someone was recording inside this mall, like video recording inside this mall on December 20th, which means the body was there while this person was recording as the Whoa. police believe that the body had been there for a month. And this was just a day before. And it's hard to tell exactly from this video, but the subway mentioned appears to be in the video at a minute 18 to the left of the restroom area. So I'll share that video if people are interested and want to look in the show notes, but it's just sort of eerie to think that here's the person taking a recording of an abandoned mall and unbeknownst to them there's a body like 100 right. feet away makes you wonder how like how how common that is like how often you know news how are often recording. you're close to a body and you don't know you are yeah that's a terrifying thought okay yeah let, let's move on because that's just that's just too spoopy for me <sighs> so originally police do not announce that they believe the case to be a criminal homicide um, when they discover this body and the GBI, GBI being the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, as this takes place in the state of Georgia, um, released a sketch of this woman that they found on January 2nd. But initially, no one is coming forward to claim that they know her, that she looks familiar, anything like that. Wow. So Crime Stoppers offers a reward of $2,000 for anyone whose information leads to an arrest or an indictment, which kind of contradicts what the police are saying, because at this point, the police aren't saying they believe it to be a homicide. But Crime Stoppers is already offering a reward, right? So they're not on the same page. <laughs> yeah. And not even a month later, so on January 10th, which is like a week later, uh, they announced that they identify the body. So the remains belong to Celine A. Mann. And as it turns out, her cousin had gone to Reddit to see about getting help and finding her. So he was actually on a subreddit for Atlanta being like, hey, my cousin's gone missing. We haven't seen her in a while. Like, here are some pictures. Has anybody seen her? And through that, he actually finds the sketch of this body found at the mall. Wow. And he and his family get into contact with police. That's, yes, that's and are crazy. able to identify the body. Did they file like a missing persons report or anything? Or were they just we'll like... get to that. Okay. So, uh, yes and no. Yes and no. We'll get there. Okay. But first, I want to talk about who Silly Man was. So, at the time of her death, she was 19 years old, and by all accounts, she was a quiet, hard-working student. So, she loved to study. She loved her friends. She was really, you know, interested and keen in school. Um, a high school teacher, in fact, Lancer Smith, recounted 
that, quote, she would read chapters and take notes over the information that we didn't even go over. She really wanted to know it, end quote. Hmm. So she was a studious person. She's a good student. Yeah, right? Like, better than I was. Way better than I was. (laughs) And she was a sophomore at the time at Georgia State University, where she studied psychology and was a Zell Miller scholar. And in order to be a Zell Miller scholar, the applicant must demonstrate academic achievement and intend a school that is eligible for the scholarship. So, I mean, you know what I mean? She was a good student. She had her whole life ahead of her, and her goal was to become a nurse. So she was, you know, working on those things. However, at the time of her disappearance, she hadn't yet enrolled in spring semester classes at Georgia State. And I couldn't really find a lot saying if she had talked about maybe taking a break, you know, sometimes you need to take a semester off, or if it was just that she was running behind, uh, you know what I mean? I didn't see any um, reports or quotes from anyone saying that they had talked to her about it. Interesting. So uh, the disappearance, what happened? So in October of 2017, she vanished. So her uncle filed a missing persons report on October 8th. Um, because at the time she was living with her uncle, but she returned to the home the next day on the 9th. Oh. But she disappeared again on October 10th, and a new report wasn't filed. So I don't know if the family thought she was going to come back again, so they didn't want to file a new report. I don't know if, like, they attempted to file a new report, and maybe the police kind of gave them lip about it because she had disappeared and come back again within a day. It's really unclear to me, but a new report isn't filed. That makes sense. Hmm. And her family don't have any contact with her ever again after the ninth. Wow. But during this time, she continued to work her job at a local Michael Kors store, and she even picked up her last paycheck on November 10th. So November 10th, which is about a month later, is the last time she's seen by any of her coworkers. So what, like, what happened, right? Like, what happened during that time period? So when her body was discovered, there was no obvious sign of trauma. However, her body was in such a state of decomposition that it would have been impossible to identify signs of trauma such as bruising because there just wasn't enough evidence there left. Right. Um, However, I was reading in some some like later news reports. Cause you know, whenever a story like this first breaks, you get information kind of piecemeal at the start and then more and more information comes out as the case progresses. Right. Um, so at first they were just like, Oh, no signs of trauma. But then later we find out that there was blood and hair all over the scene, which makes it pretty likely that she was murdered just from that. Even that if you sounds don't see very her body. violent. Yeah. That sounds very, very violent. Right. And apparently her death was initially just ruled as suspicious, like I said earlier, but police involved were already convinced that her death was a homicide. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, it's it's pretty clear. Well, you know, if like, especially a a healthy looking, not healthy, but a a person that is of a typically healthy age is found concealed, their body is, you know, looks deliberately hidden or stashed away and nobody reported the death, like it's... It's very unlikely that, like, somebody just went back there and died of accidental causes or something like that. Like Right, with blood and hair all over the scene. It's, it's very suspicious. Like, pretty unlikely. Right. Yeah. 
Now, keep in mind that while we know in our story right now that this is Celine, when the police discovered her body, they didn't know who she was. She didn't have identification on her. So they start doing their work to investigate, and they get toxicology tests, which show that Celine didn't have any drugs in her system. Now, she did have a small amount of alcohol in her system, but nothing close to the amount that would lead to death. Right. So they didn't say what it was, but I'm assuming that, you know, maybe she had had, like, a drink or two. I mean, nothing that would cause you to be so drunk that you're stumbling around and you slip and fall and hurt yourself and die. Right. This wasn't like Or you die of alcohol poisoning. Or, yeah. Yeah, that's like Exactly. That. Right. So the coroner does rule. So even though, remember, the body is in a pretty bad state of composition, but the yep. coroner is able to rule that her body had four broken ribs. And this is pretty gruesome. One of her fingers was mutilated as if someone had stepped on it brutally, possibly more than once. Ah. And that's what police believe led to all of the blood at the scene. Ah. Right. Um, and on January 10th, her, identi- her identity becomes public. So they announced that the body that they found is Silling. Um, and at the time, police commented that, quote, a few people have spoken with police since Van was publicly identified, giving detectives more information about what she was doing between the day she went missing and her death. But at the time, they were not able to disclose that information. Right. So she went missing, missing on December 10th, almost exactly a year ago. November. She went missing in uh, November. Right. Or October, actually. Oh, October, I see. Um, yeah, so the last time her family saw her was October 9th. The okay. last time her co-workers saw her was November 10th. Gotcha. So when when was her body discovered? Her body was discovered um, in the morning on December 21st. Gotcha. Okay. So we sort of have a staggering over three months right. of events. Okay, that makes sense. So, you know, police are working on the case, and they eventually connect with her boyfriend at the time, one Emmett Davis. And like we've talked about before, anytime somebody goes missing or is murdered, you're going to look at the significant other yeah. or like a family member first. No, so it's, not. it's not always the spouse, but it's always the spouse. <laughs> exactly. Like so already without even knowing anything about him other than his name and the fact that he was her boyfriend were suspicious. Right. So they question him several times early into the investigation, but they didn't have enough evidence yet to charge him. However, they do get warrants after getting the lab results back on Celine and they also subpoena some phone records. So around this time, Emmett leaves Georgia for, quote, unknown reasons, end quote. To me, Oof. it's like obviously because he murdered someone. Oof, ow, owie. My, um, uh, my, my. Suspicious <laughs> behavior. My, my incredibly, incredibly suspicious behavior. Right. So he spent time in New York before coming back to Lawrenceville, Georgia, in the weeks before they arrested him. Which is what we're getting to next, is that they arrest Emmett. Okay. So nearly six months after her body was found, so I remember her body was found in December. So nearly six months later, police arrest the aforementioned Emmett Davis, who was 21 at the time. And they say, quote, we did suspect the boyfriend all along, so this news didn't really come as a surprise, end quote. Oh my god. And also, her family highly suspected him too from the start so they are not surprised either 
Yeah, that's uh, typically, yeah. Right, and he is charged with aggravated assault and felony murder. What, do they have, um, like, what evidence do they have other than his incredibly suspicious behavior? We're getting there. Okay. We're getting there. Okay. Uh, so, uh, right away, according to police testimony at a court appearance of Emmett, he has a history of violence. So they have a recorded history of violence, and they even cite an ex-girlfriend who said that one time when she tried to run away from him when he was attacking her, so he was physically attacking her, he grabbed her hair and pulled her back. Oh, my God. Yeah. And remember, when Celine was found, there was a ton of blood and hair at the scene. Right. So he's, already... He's a hair I mean, this isn't... Yeah, this is not hard proof, but I mean, this is already looking pretty bad for him. Right. He's he's a domestic um, abuser, at the very least. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, Detective Brian Dormany testified at another court hearing that there were finger marks at the scene indicating that Celine had been dragged through her own blood that had coated the floor. So she had, like had her fingers dragging on the floor and there were even oh my god like shoe prints of her own shoe prints and her own blood wow possibly even more damning they also found davis's fingerprint in her blood on the floor Oof! so he had touched he had touched her blood basically like right so like he's at the scene yeah like even if they don't have you know, his handprint on her body, they have his fingerprint in her blood. Right. So and, this is not looking good for him. Right. If he didn't murder her, he was there when she was either dying or already dead. So right. he probably, he probably done it. Logic right. Would so, right. So that brings us to what happened. What happened to Celine? So I'm going to take you kind of back through the timeline and try and fill in some of the gaps. So it's believed that when she disappeared on October 10th, she went to live with her boyfriend, this Emmett character, and they spent the next few weeks living out of hotels near the Duluth Mall, so this Gwinnett Place Mall. Right. Um, and we know this because at one of the hotels where they stayed, the hotel manager actually called the police after seeing bruising around her eyes. But when the police came, she refused to talk with them. Mm. Sad. So, right. So during this whole time, she's still working her job at the Michael Kors store. Um, which is at the Perimeter Mall in Dunwoody, so it's not the same mall. It's a different mall. Okay. Um, and she would eventually go to pick up her last paycheck on November 10th, like we already mentioned. And when she went to go pick up her paycheck, her coworkers testified that she was unrecognizable, saying that she was wearing a thermal jumpsuit and aviator sunglasses inside. Ooh. And it looked like she was wearing sunglasses inside because her eyes were swollen. That's really sad. Yeah, and one of her store managers was so worried and so unsettled by this that he called the police, but by the time the police arrived, she had already left. Disappeared. Right. And during this time, somewhere in here, uh, the two also got matching face tattoos, and it seemed pretty likely that he forced her to get it, as she didn't have any other tattoos. Um, It was three hearts on her left jawline. And it also seemed like he was forcing her to wear the same clothes as him. So, like, that they were matching and that he was physically abusing her. Oh, my God. What a shitbag. That's so creepy. Yeah. So, he is not a good person at all. He's the trashiest of trash humans. Right. And law enforcement 
as of right now, from what we know, are unsure of what the two were doing at the abandoned mall, why they ended up at the subway. You know, there's several other empty and abandoned places inside the mall, so it's not like that was the one abandoned store or anything like that. Right. Um, the thing to note, though, is is that there's um, a public entrance to the parking lot for the mall, and that door is right by the subway, and that door is also right by the public restrooms. Mm. So is it possible that they went there, they were going to use the restroom and then head out, and then something happened? Maybe something like that. Gotcha. Um Police believe that at originally they said at least two weeks, but likely a month before her body was found, she was asphyxiated by Davis. So her chest was, quote, restricted to the point where she couldn't breathe as if someone sat on her. And oh, my quote, God. Which would lead to the broken ribs. That's so, like, sad and brutal. Right. And also because of the amount of blood and hair at the scene, Police were fairly certain early on that that's where she was murdered. So she wasn't murdered at a different location and then brought to the subway. And later on, so after initially saying this, the police also confirmed that they had phone records and also Uber records showing that Davis and Mann got into an Uber together with the destination being this Gwinnett Mall shortly before 4 a.m. on November 30th. Okay. So it seems very likely that the day she died was shortly after 4 a.m. on November 30th. That would that would seem to make sense. Yeah, and even more, I mean, all of these things are pretty damning for him. But also another damning thing is that two days after her body was discovered in December, uh, Davis sold her iPhone at a pawn shop and then left the area to go stay with his mom in New York. I'm sorry, what? Oh my god. Right, so he held on to the phone for a while until, like, for like a month, and then heard about her body being discovered, and then he sold it. Oh my god. And, right, and remember originally the police had questioned him fairly early on, and he would always say, Oh, well, I just saw her a couple of weeks ago, but we all know that can't be possible because she was already dead. Yep. So that's all we know right now. Uh, like I said, this case has not gone to trial yet. There have been court appearances, but we haven't actually, you know, gotten in. I don't think he's even entered a plea yet or anything like that. So that's really all we know is what the police have put in. Um, so before you can go to trial, you have to basically give a breakdown of the information you have and say, here's what we have, and here's why we think that this case should go to trial. Right. And that's the information that we've gotten so far, is is from that sort of explorative process. Uh, court appearance. Right. Gotcha. So we'll come back to this, and we'll do an update once we know more. I mean, there's always the possibility that he could plead guilty, that he could um, take a plea deal or something like that, so it might not go to court. Um, I haven't seen anything saying a court date's been scheduled yet, so we'll keep you posted. Um, but I did want to take this time to say that domestic violence is real. It's really hard for people to get out of situations where they're in a domestic violence situation. Um, you know, this is pretty clear that she was not in a good place, not in a good relationship, and he took her life. 
So uh, I think that in the show notes, we'll also put some information about domestic violence and where you can go to get help. Um, But it's important in these situations as well that we don't victim blame. Like, I don't want to sit here and say that this is Celine's fault, that she should have left the relationship, that she should have known better and gotten out or things like that, because that's way oversimplifying the situation. And what is important here is that a a bright student, someone who is by all accounts loving, friendly, and kind, was murdered. Yep, by a horrible, horrible person. Yes, by a shitbag named Emmett. That is really, really sad. Yeah, no, I just, that's, that's really, that's hard to even form words about that. That's so sad. It is, and this is a, I don't want to say an interesting case, but maybe more of a personal case, because I remember hearing about it, like, almost right away after her body was discovered, and just thinking, like, that's so sad, here's this unidentified person, what happened to them, and then just as we find out more and more and more, it just gets more and more sad and tragic and it's really it's it is interesting in the sense of like how her body was eventually identified like that's that's not something that could have happened even like pre-2000 right mm-hmm. like the fact yeah that, and this is this just happened this just happened last year so this right. is a very very current case right like her her body could still be you know if this if it weren't for the days of reddit or if her cousin had decided not to go to reddit her body could still be unidentified and shitbag emmett could still be out in the world living his life where right she's which not. is why right which is why it is so important and why um doe networks and like namus and all of those services are really 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 important um, so we'll also include some information about that as well if you haven't heard about these online resources. Um, and there are people who spend their free time looking at unified Jane Doe's, John Doe's, baby Doe's, even children, and trying to match them up with missing persons cases to try and bring some closure to the families. Um, it's a really important thing to have out there because... Like you said, there are a lot of people who aren't identified and their families don't get closure. Um, I hope that Celine's family gets closure in this case, but we'll have to see how, how the trial goes, if there is a trial, and we will keep you posted and let you know what happens with this case. Yeah. We can hopefully do more uh, more recent cases in the future as well and kind of keep a, a running tally of how things are going. So we'll include some information about that on the website as well. Oh, that was a really sad one. Maybe I'll have to do just a mystery next time. Yeah. Just something. A fun, lighthearted, yeah, mystery of like a missing nuclear bomb or something. That's fun. That's so fun. Fun. Fun? Fun. Yeah. I'm sad now. 